Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are in a series called Shake It Off. Say shake it off. And uh, we've been looking at a powerful story in Paul's life, and you can read it yourself in Acts 27 and 28, because I think you're probably going to read it and get some things that I've never seen before. So, so let the Holy Spirit lead you through that. A lot of great stuff in, those, um, in, in that story. Um, and but in it is a powerful principle uh, that we see called shake it off. It, it's the supernatural ability that Paul had to shake off this snake that popped out of the fire as he was just simply serving, gathering sticks and and uh, just helping his brothers and sisters. And all of a sudden, a snake pops out, latches on. He just not just shook it off like that. Um, what was amazing about that moment is just that. The unassuming, casual, relaxed way he shook it off. It was simple. Usually, I know when I get bite by something, I, I scream. You know, I get bit, I scream right away or step on something. Um, but he didn't. He just like, you know what? It just, just shook it off. You know why? Because he had work to do. Uh, he had a mission. We talked about that in the very first week. Um, he wanted to love God and love people. He was going to continue to preach the gospel to whoever, whoever it was. And this snake was not going to get in his way. So he just simply shook it off. I've said this before in a message. It is the simple tweaks that take us to the highest peaks. It's the simple tweaks that take us to the highest peaks. <clears throat> That's worth writing down. Now, when we go through difficult times, we, we, when we lose loved ones, uh, when, when heaviness, the heaviness of life seems to, to come in and it's too much to handle um, and it seems impossible, right, to overcome, we, we, we must understand that, that there's someone greater than that moment, greater than whatever we're going through in our lives. His name is Jesus and he says that even though the, the situation seems impossible, he will declare, no, all things are possible with God. All things are, capital A, capital L, capital L. I know it seems like the thing we're going through is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And what I found out in life, and I'm learning this more and more, that it's the simple things of God, simple action, simple words that actually make an enormous difference. It's all it takes. One simple step many times is the game changer. But to us, that simple doesn't look simple. Well, let me say this. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. And I, I don't, and I mean easy this way. So I said last way, listen, I've seen marriages completely fixed when the spouse just said, I love you or forgive me or I'm wrong. I've seen marriages turn, just radically turn when one simple, loving, authentic word is spoken in that marriage. Right? Simple, but not easy because, oh man, now I gotta, I gotta tell her I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, and I'm supposed to be strong. You know, but remember, Jesus is carrying you to work every day. Come here, little guy. 
and he brings you to work, and you have to say, oh, man, this is embarrassing. But it's not embarrassing, right? It's actually strength. It's strength. And that's what the, the world needs that kind of model, you know, to say, I depend on you, Lord, and I, go ahead, carry me, carry me. It's going to go against the world. But those small things, the small little words and the small little actions that we, that we take are huge. They're enormous game changers. So let me say this. Paul took something simple and God added his supernatural to it. And the outcome was, again, miraculous. Because, again, a snake bit him, a venomous snake. He was supposed to die. Everybody's wait to watching him, watching him to die. And all of a sudden, he just shook it off and went on, went on his way. Let me say it this way. If you give God your simple, God will add his supernatural. Every time. I think many times we're waiting for the supernatural. <laughs> and it ain't coming. Until I take that small step, give that, whatever it is, that's when God shows up. Now, God does show up with supernatural things, but usually it's something small that, that on our part, right? Could be anything. If you give God your simple, listen, God will add his supernatural. So I want to share some simple yet powerful truths that will lead us to this shake it off moment because We've been living in time like no other. The enemy, the snake, has reared its head, creating division, hate, anger, worry, fear, sickness, suffering. You name it. That's what the snake does. That's his M.O. That's not God's M.O. Jesus came, again, to destroy those works. That I just, that I just said. He came to destroy division, gossip, hate. Anger, worry, fear, sickness, suffering. He came to destroy those works and to give us abundant life. Here's that simple verse that we have heard. If you've been in church for any time, you've hear, heard this. It's called the great divide. It's a clear picture of God and the already defeated devil. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose. Matter of fact, let's, leave, let's read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Ready? The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life or life abundantly. We heard, right? Now, that's very clear. And what I found out is that many Christians, oh, put that verse right back up again. Many Christians live right in the middle of that. They, 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 don't, they, they don't come to the side that's God. And because we go through trials and tribulations and we accidentally attribute those things to God and we're stuck and we don't, have, we don't make the right decision to, to find out who God really is, a loving heavenly father. And we say things like, God, why did you do this? Why? And, and, and God's like, I didn't. I didn't do it. But I can help you. I, I, I didn't. I didn't do it. We live in a fallen world. Come on, you guys. I mean, I, listen, we've all been through tough times. All of us have our stories. But we have to, we have to separate ourselves for a moment and say, okay, the thing that, that's happening in life, clearly uh, that's the thief. Steal, kill, and destroy. Whatever, whatever's going through around. But God's purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life. So let's not confuse God with the snake. And by the way, people are not snakes. Please hear this. People are not snakes. They're not People are creating the image of God. But sometimes in life, 
We just, a snake pops out of a heated moment, out of the fire, and tries to latch on, come on, in our relationships or in life. We just have to recognize it and shake it off. So let's not confuse God with the snake. Jesus has come, and he is here now to take the snake down for good. So I want to show you a story that has some simple truths to shake it off. It's another miraculous story. Uh, the characters in this story right now, are, I'm going to tell you, is a man with leprosy, a little girl from Israel, a prophet of God or man of God, and a nation fighting against a nation. And here it is, I want to read this to you. 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, through Naaman, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But through Naaman, but though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who'd been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king right away what the young girl from Israel said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. He said, I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel so Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. Isn't that how it works? Man, you know, we, we, we think that God's miracles are something we, we can buy. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's, that, whenever we think that we have to earn God's favor, that is not be, being a son or daughter. Please hear that, right? God, we're sons and daughters. But like, my kids don't come to me with all these gifts. Oh, how I'd love that. <laughs> I don't mind gift cards on my birthday yet, but no. But, but what, see what, but, but they don't. They, you, know, you know what they do? Whenever they need something, they just open the fridge. They go to the pantry, right? Or they text me, Dad, I want to get my nails done. I'm like, well, not Levi, Annalyn. Um, you know, I love my kids. It's usually there. It's there for them. Right? Now, eventually, they'll, they'll, they'll become their own, <laughs> and they'll figure out, hey, man, that, that, that was a difficult job <laughs> that they were doing, our parents, but they'll learn that way. But my point is, is they don't have to buy God, buy God's favor or miracles, and this is exactly what the king and Naaman were trying to do. We don't have to do that. Freely, you've been given. Freely received. Come on, Right? Come on, free. Say free. But not cheap. Not cheap. He gave his life. Not cheap, but free. All right, so verse 6. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Now remember, these two nations are fighting. Actually, Aram is overpowering God's people right, at this time, Right? He says, uh, so when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I a God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. This is the leader of God's people. He has lost his faith. 
and it's trust in God. Listen, it happens. It happens, right? But it, but it shows us something here because there's always, there's always someone that's going to pop up. And here we go. But eight, verse 8, but when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him and said, why are you such a coward? No, no, he didn't say that, did he? No, 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 no. He didn't judge him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say, oh, you should be a stronger, better leader. No, he just said, hey, why are you so upset? Why, why, why are you so upset, right? I love that. Look at this. Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there's a true prophet here in Israel. Verse 9, so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house, but Elisha sent a messenger, a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored, and you'll be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman, here we go, here come the snakes. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call in the name of the Lord, who's God, and heal me. You've never struggled with that, right? Me? Pray one prayer. It didn't happen. Well, I guess God doesn't love me. It's not true, right? So we have to be careful as Christians not to think that God's going to wave his magic wand over our problem, and it disappears right away. I think if God did that every single time, we just wouldn't need him. Yeah. We wouldn't want a relationship. We would just say, well, you know, give me your hand, but I don't, really don't need your heart. Talking about myself, not you. You guys are a great spot. Um, but if I ever struggle with that, I'm reminded of this. Uh, struggle with just wanting God's stuff, yeah. right, and not knowing that I need his salvation. So Naaman gets angry. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy, calling the name of the Lord. Verse 12, aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than any rivers of Israel? Look at, look at his just bent against God and Israel. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. And here's where everything starts to change. But his officers tried to reason and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey when he says simply, say simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed. I love this story so much. I see so much good in this story. I'm going to call it simple good. Simple good in this story to help us shake off the things that come into our lives. I also see a lot of snakes. I see the snake of pride gripping Naaman. I see the snake of fear grabbing a hold of the king of Israel. I see the snake of hatred towards God and his people. I see the snake of division rising between nations. But I see something much more powerful than all those snakes put together. I see how much God loves all people. The story gives us a picture of the gospel. Because Naaman was a bit of a stinker, right? He didn't care much for God or God's people, it seems. He didn't want to 
get into that dirty river. By the way, the river is kind of dirty. I've, I've been there. It's, it's, if you ever get a chance to Israel, I, we, got, we got to go a few years ago. And, and, it, and it's just like, oh, man, that, that's the Jordan? Like it, it looks dirty. And you get in and there's like all these little fish that just kind of chomp at you. And it's like it's not really the place you want to go. But it, it wasn't about the river for him. It was about, this is what I think it was. God, why would you give me leprosy? Why, why did you do this? I think, I think and, and, then, and then also against all the religious people who were judging him for it. Can I just go there for a moment? See, even though he didn't care much for God, seemed like, or God's people, he literally stole a young girl from God's people. God loved him so much. Because you know why? God knew his story. And I said, if there's one thing that the church must get really bad at doing is judging. We should, we should be horrible, horrible at judging. We, it shouldn't even enter our, we should just not judge anymore because here's the deal. We don't know the story behind it all. We're really good at judging books by the cover. In these days, especially these days, and where everybody's kind of polarized in different, different, different directions. See, God loves the whole world that he gave his only son. It's not that he loved the whole world. He loves the whole world right now in this moment. That's everyone. Jesus died for everyone. This story shows us the gospel, the good news. Let me just show you how, how that works out. Because God so loved Naaman that he sent a little girl who'd been ripped away from her family, friends and loved ones, simply to share the good news about God. She, she had just been through an extremely traumatic experience, yet she delivers hope. What a story. Come on, all of us have dealt with trauma, even now. But I think, you know what this was? Supernatural. It was the Spirit of God working in her life saying, you know what, I know, honey, this isn't what, this isn't what, I, this isn't what you expected, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something amazing here in your life. You may not know it right now, but I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm going I'm to do something incredible in your life in this moment. She didn't know it. So what does she do? She gives a simple statement, some good news, and then God begins to take over. This is so important. Because this, this, is, this is how I've been at times. I want to give the good news. And then I want to help fix their life. And God says, why don't you just give the good news and let me take over. Right? The, it's the Holy Spirit's job. Right? To, to do all that other stuff. I'm not, just not that good. So she gives a simple statement. God takes over because that's all it takes to bring the snake down. Again, if you give God your simple, he'll give you his supernatural. So here it is, 2 Kings 5, 3 through 4. We read it, but I'll say it again. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Look at how quick that, that thing happens. By the way, a simple piece of good news 
travels faster than any news that you'll ever hear. You know, gossip travels pretty fast too, we see it. And gossip is destructive. Negative news is destructive. Critical, come on. But listen, think the gospel. Think about giving your testimony. Like I give, it's, it, you know, it's, what's funny is that I got a bunch of testimonies, but then I hear your testimony. I give your testimony. I do. I'm like, oh, you got to hear this cool thing that happened. You know, you got to hear it. Like we were just talking to, to, uh, to uh, a couple, you know, uh, two years ago. We were, we were up here, and they were trying to have kids, and, and I, I just said, um, and we, we were just praying, and she was like, man, we've we been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying, and as we're praying, I made this funny comment, I wonder if you're going to have twins. Well, guess what? They have twins. Right here. Two of them. Two of them, of course. Cute little blonde-haired kids. Now, I hadn't seen them because of COVID. They were home, right? That's fine. But here, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what a story. Now, I don't, I don't take any credit for that. I just think that was the Spirit of God moving in that moment. You know, God's funny. He's so funny. He is. You think all the funniest comedians ever born? Oh, man, God is the funniest. He, 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 is, he's, he created them. He, he made laughter and, and that kind of stuff. But, but I think how powerful that moment, that little moment was that I think and God came through just a simple piece of good news. One little moment. I'm learning in life that it's not my job again to tell people what's wrong with them. It's my job to bring good news to you. Not critical news, not sad news, not bad news or old news, but good news. The little girl comes with a gift of encouragement. Hey, there's a Lord that can heal you. He can deliver you. He can save you. He will scare the snakes right off of you. That's what she was saying. And I'm so glad it came to a little girl. Well, this girl, because of the Jewish tradition and heritage she grew up in, she heard about the miracles. She had a good, solid grasp of who God really was and is, right? She grew up hearing about God's faithfulness, his love. So let me say this. Seeing Naaman was odd and abnormal to her. To see him suffering, struggling, without hope, it went against everything she ever knew. And you got to hear this point. This is really powerful. See, it always makes me happy to see parents lead their children into the presence of God. Because when they enter the world... As they enter the world, when they see the things that are odd, abnormal, people that are hopeless, out of place, when they see the thing that's wrong, they will immediately see it as abnormal and have compassion and wisdom and take action. So parents, way to go. Way to go. Bringing your kids to, to, to res kids, to, to thrive, to Club 20. Way to go. Way to go. Because even your littlest ones are getting a dose of Jesus so that one day, listen, they will recognize the person hurting, suffering, broken, and lost and lead them naturally to Jesus because they'll be like, oh, you don't know Jesus? Oh, let me bring you to him. Annalyn's first friend, 
that she ever had, real friend that she ever had, she led her to Jesus. Subsequently, her whole family came to Jesus because of that one moment that she saw a girl that she liked. She liked her personality, but she did not know Jesus. And Annalyn said, I want her to know Jesus. And guess what? She came to know Jesus. I'm, I love Annalyn so much. And guess what? Oh, it was just a few weeks ago, she's at Grand Valley now. She just turned 22. But that heart's still the same. So she has a couple of friends that she just meets at Grand Valley and recognizes that they need Jesus. They don't know Jesus. So she invites them. Well, you know, she invites them to a, she's in the same boat. She, they're inviting people to these events. Guess what? And they're giving their hearts to Jesus. 22. She did it at seven, six or seven. She's still doing it at 22. Right? Recognizing when things aren't normal, that's abnormal. Oh, you should come to know, come to our event. Come with us, right? It's really good that, that they're cute, like Elaine and Anna Lynn. They're, just, they're really, you know, cute girls. They're like bait on the hook. You get all these guys to come, like, come. and all of a sudden, Jesus, ha, come. That's smart. It's really smart from God, you know. Um, but, but the truth is, listen, listen, I was a youth pastor. I was always excited when, when I saw, because I know the cute girls would bring the, the, all the guys, right? So I'm like, I got you here. And then we get them saved. But listen, that, isn't that amazing? Do you see how raising up your kids? Listen, the Bible says train up a child, right, in the way that they should go, and when they get old, they will not depart from that. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna do their own things and live their life, but I'll tell you something, something they won't take it away is what's in their heart. Now, how did that happen? I'm going to quickly go here for a moment because I think it's important for people. Oh, my goodness, what is that? Somebody just spoke to me. I think it was God. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Where's my phone? I don't know where that, where is your phone? There's probably a phone up here. Anyways, I'm easily distracted. I'm like a squirrel, seriously. I'm, I'm like, if you ever come with one of those laser pointers, the service is over. Listen, I will chase that thing all over the place. I'm telling you, it's true. It's true. So I got to hone in. Um, so the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. Now, we always think that word train is kind of a military training. You know, do your chores, make your bed. I mean, those are all good things, but we, we, we actually without knowing it, give out rules, we, get, we kind of become this, um, we actually begin to parent out of fear. Now, I did this myself. Parent out of fear because we don't want them to make the same mistakes we did, right? Now, listen, we've all been there. And that word train means this. It means to offer a child something sweet before they get the yucky medicine. You know, remember that medicine we used to, man, that cough syrup? You're like, oh my goodness, get the good stuff. But we had like the, the stuff without even flavor. So there were times when my mom would, would put a little honey on the spoon, right? And then, and then, and then the honey would go first and then that, that, that medicine would go second. What does that mean? That just means that's all about relationship. I can still... I can still experience that if I go back to it, knowing that my mom loves me, knowing that, you know what, in life, I'm gonna, the curveballs are going to be thrown. In life, there are going to be tests and trials. In life, I'm not, things aren't going to taste good. But God is sweet. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. That the Lord is good. So God is always desiring to give us something sweet because he knows, hey, Something's going to come. I didn't, not for me, but it's going to come. But, but just know that you can always come and taste the sweetness of God 
Amen? So that's what that, that word is all about relationship. Train a child, have relationship. Always be with them. Talk with them. Value them. Listen to them. And when they get old, they'll still be preaching the gospel. Still be leading people to Jesus. I love, isn't that good? No? Okay. I think it's so cool. I think it's so cool. We, come on. I think it's so cool. We, yeah, bring, bring it. I think it's so cool that we have, um, we said this at our volunteer appreciation uh, on, on Friday, but um, we have a four-generational church here. I'm not sure if there's another one here. If there is, great. Praise God. Four generations. Four generations um, coming to our church. They're all together. Um, isn't that amazing? Well, four generations. Right. I think, I think it's incredible. Now listen, right? Like, like so you're, you might be younger. You just had kids. You know, like, I would, wherever, if you're maybe you're three generations, just, just know this. Man, that makes me so happy. That makes God happy. That what you're doing is you're just following God. And people are following. And listen, they're coming in. They may not all be here yet, but, but you, I believe it's your desire to have a row filled with your family. Right? So keep having relationship. And listen, it's never too late to have relationship. You think it's slow? No, no. Oh, this is what you got to do. Simple, simple thing. You got, you got any rifts between family and you think it's going to be so hard to renew that? Just give them a text today. Just say, I love you. That's it. Don't, now listen. Just say, I love you. Just say, I love you. That's all you got to do. Text, phone call. Just say, I love you. Let God do the rest. I'm not saying they're going to text you back with a bunch of hearts and fist pumps, maybe not. But if you just take a simple, simple step, simple word, God will add his supernatural to it. Which leads me to our final point, we're done. <laughs> Only one point, actually. <laughs> What's amazing is that this girl who had been trained in the right way by God, knowing God, she didn't let the snake called bitter grab a hold of her. She just shook it off. Like I said, she didn't know that her own trouble, her own painful situation would change even a nation from one simple statement, which this is how I want to end, and, and, and I'm going to have Emily come on up in a moment. If you want to defeat the snakes in life, it really starts with one simple prayer. That's it. One simple prayer. Prayer, not just a prayer from the head, but a prayer from the heart and a prayer out of the mouth. So on Friday, you know, we, we just gathered a bunch of us who, are, you know, serve on the, on the team here. I'd love to, again, come on, join the team. It's awesome. And um, if you're not serving in any way, we'd just love to be, get around you and, and encourage you. But anyways, we're here and I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of you guys for a moment because I know in this room are a bunch of people that love to help people. Because after you do what you do, you just love to help people. So I said, we're going to pray. We lifted up a bunch of prayers for people, right? They're going through struggles. They've lost loved ones. Uh, so we're just praying. I said, you pray. I'll pray. And one person I mentioned was Emily's brother who's been struggling. He's been sick for a while. And uh, he just needed some, some healing. And so I said, if you think of him, John, right now, lift him up. We prayed for him. Well, Emily gets a text. Uh, it was not too long after that. Next day, saying that he hadn't slept so good in such a long time that he did last night. It wasn't me, but it was a prayer. Come on, a simple prayer. And this is what I found out, is that for some reason, we do a lot of head prayers. But no, God wants you to get it out. God wants to hear that prayer, right? 
But I, I, I know how the enemy is. He comes between relationships and gets us to not pray. I get, come on, I've been there. And, but you have to just get past that, shake it off, grab a hand. Let's pray. Simple prayer. Simple prayer. Because I found this out that many snakes remain simply because people don't pray. They just remain. We don't ask for help. We try to fix it on our own. Or we shove it down and forget about it. When all we need to do is pray. Say pray. We're called to pray at all times. Now I know the question is, does, does prayer really make a difference? Do my prayers really make a difference? And I say yes. Because God would never ask us to do something if it wouldn't make a difference. Prayer changes lives. Prayer changes situations. Prayer changes everything. Here's my little disclaimer. God has rarely answered my prayers in the exact way or exact time that I expected or demanded. Now, sometimes it does happen that way. But what I've always learned is that God always does it a better way in a better time. Always. God always works it out. Amen. But it had to start with a prayer. And this story we're talking about started from a prayer. I wish... That that guy that I just got to know who ripped me from my family, he doesn't really, I don't know if he cares about me, but I wish and pray that even he would be healed. Don't you love that? It was her prayer. Prayer. Simply talking. That's all it is. I don't know how to pray. Yeah, you do. You know how to talk? You know how to pray. Do you know how to talk to people? You know how to pray. <laughs> Right? That's all it is. Just simple talking. But I, don't you have to have certain words? No, no, no. God doesn't like those words. He just likes the words that you say. <laughs> right? God, I need you. God, I lift up this person. I love this person. So I just lift them up. I, I pray for them. I love this, this girl. She was like, said the prayer, but she was literally the answer to someone else's prayer. So we're going to finish. Emily, come on up for a moment. Um, she wasn't the only one praying. I guarantee. You know who else was praying? Naaman's wife. Naaman's friends. The king himself was praying. God knew. The only problem was they were praying to the wrong God. <laughs> So God sends a little girl to say, oh, no, no, I want to get you to the right God. This is, this is the God that will answer the prayers. And he works through a guy, his, his name's Elisha, he's a prophet. But it was, it was God leading them to the right God. And here's the last thing. I, I, what, I, what I love about this, this little girl, she could have been bitter, right? She could have, you never hear her praying for her own freedom. You, you just don't hear it, right? She could have. God, just get me out of this mess. Why in the world would you do this? Shaking her fist. No, she just trusted God in, in the sovereignty of God, the love of God, knowing that God is going to work this out for my good in his glory no matter what because I know that God, that's what he does every single time. She was others focused. And that's what we're gonna end, how we're going to end this. And this is the Holy Spirit, because I had a bunch of other stuff, but I'll give that to you next time. Um, it's really good. But, but what, what I want to do is, is I want to, to break away from even our own personal struggles for a moment. And I want you to think of just one person. And I, I mean just one person. Don't, don't think of the world right now. Don't, we don't need blanket prayers for the world. Yes, we do, but not in this moment. What I want to know is who do you love? 
Who's on your heart? What prayer do you need to pray? Who is that person that's hurting, that's wounded, that may have been wounded even in a church setting, that, that, that maybe have, have been wounded in life, or, or uh, just that person right now who needs comfort? Who is that? That's the person we're going to target right now. God's going to target, amen? But here's the other part. I need you to pray it because I do not know who that person is in your life. Some of you I do, but I don't know the one that's on your heart. But here, here's the deal. The one that's on your heart is the, is the answer that God wants to give you. That's it right there. That's the person. Maybe it's a dad, a mom, a son or daughter, someone that, that, that just needs Jesus right now. And I believe it's 12-12. I believe in this very hour that God's gonna move in their lives. But I don't think he just wants a head prayer right now. I think he wants you to literally speak something out. Amen? Yeah. The word that Emily had um, last service was the, was the, the you gonna say that? Okay, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was Ezekiel and dry bones and she, she was a word that said, hey, prophesy. So what we're doing when we pray, we're gonna literally prophesy into those situations, come on. So I want you to just imagine, first see that person, right? Who is that person? Now, here's my last challenge. I wonder if the person we're praying for right now is a person that hurt us. Because Naaman sure really hurt her, right? And her family took her away. And I wonder sometimes the hardest prayer is the prayer of someone that we just need to forgive and let go. Come on, right? You got any Naamans in your life? You got any kings that are opposed to, to your family? Any people that oppose your family? Do you got people in your family that haven't treated you well? Maybe that's the person we need to pray for right now. Maybe that's the person we need to forgive right now. Ezekiel spoke to those dry bones and they came to life. That was the word. And when we speak right now into their lives, God's gonna go. So you guys, I want us to stand for this, if we could. That's how we're finishing. I want us to get in it. I want, I, it's just kind of a, let me call it a popcorn prayer. Everyone's just praying. You can pray, you just pray, you just begin to, you begin to actually talk it out. You begin to say, this is the person I'm praying for. Um, and just, you can say their name, you can say what you want prayer for, but just begin to let God hear your voice right now, right? Just hear your voice. You, God knows it, just gonna get it out. He wants to deliver an answer to that prayer. Lord, we thank you, God, right now. All these prayers going, I've got someone I'm thinking about right now who's in my family, and I'm, I'm just praying for, for, for that person, praying for her right now. God, I pray for deliverance. I pray, God, for freedom. I pray for your love to just, just totally uh, overwhelm her, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name. God, that, that she, would, she would know your love, God, right now in Jesus' name. Some, maybe there's some marriages here. God, we speak to those marriages right now that you would just move powerfully in those marriages, God. Um, Lord, people, sons and daughters that are, that are away from you, God, that you would bring them to, to back to you right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Some of you are praying for people that have a hard time trusting. They don't trust anybody because they've been hurt so much. So, Father, we lift up those ones who don't trust, Lord, who cannot trust people and they yeah. cannot trust you. Yeah. They cannot trust you as their father right. because they don't know that you are a loving father. They expect you to be harsh with them, Lord. And so they've turned away from you in their shame, Lord. And so we lift up those ones that cannot trust you, Lord. And those ones who've built up walls and are hiding. 
behind those walls, Lord. And we just command those walls to come down. And for them to be like those babies, raising their arms to you, Lord, just like little children raising their hands to you. We need you, Father. We need you, Father. And you're going to scoop them up in your arms like you showed me, Lord. So those ones that are having a hard time trusting, Lord, that don't really know you and don't really know your heart, Lord, we're calling them in. We're calling them in. And the other thing you told me to pray for is lungs, Lord. Uh, anybody struggling with a, a condition in their lungs, whether it's because of a virus, because of a disorder, even cancer. I, I lift up people who are struggling with breath in their lungs. Struggling with breath in their lungs. And we prophesy. Holy Spirit, come in and breathe into them new breath, new breath, new life. Cause them to rise up, Lord. In the natural, Lord, new breath in the lungs, commanding, uh, commanding all things that don't belong there, anything, any work of the enemy uh, to disappear from the lungs right now in Jesus' name. And we also speak to the Holy Spirit and we tell the breath to come from the four winds into your body, Jesus, into the body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that the body of Christ is not just laying down on the ground with flesh on us anymore, that we're, you're breathing new life and new breath into us, Holy Spirit. Spirit, causing us to rise up. So I speak to the body of Christ and I say, breath come into the lungs in Jesus' name. Rise up now. Rise up now. Rise up now in Jesus' name. Become a mighty army for God. We thank you for new breath in the lungs, Lord, in the natural and in the spiritual, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Anything else? That's it. All right. Yeah. Man, that's powerful. Hey, I really believe, yes, I believe, I believe that those prayers are, are now getting out. They're, they're, God's sending angels, His Holy Spirit. So just believe, right? And say, man, okay, God, it's done. So you prayed it, now let God do the work. You're going to see some, I can't wait to hear some of the testimony. So, hey, we love you guys. Hope you enjoyed today. I hope, I hope you just keep drawing close to God. Have an amazing day. God bless you guys. Take care. We're honored that you are with us today please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.